Guten Tag, everyone! But not to the evil entity that keeps stealing my campers! Thy kingdom stinks, you hear? I saw you. Yeah, I'm talking to you, you weird little devil demon thing. I saw you grab little Nora Vanderkurt by the face and suck out her life force or something. Honestly, it was very odd and confusing, whatever happened there. I'm here to say, that is enough. You're not getting any more of my campers. Meet me in the mess hall at 0900 hours and get ready to rumble, you little freak. You may have possessed Nurse Rossini, and you may have hypnotized Officer Bertian to do your bidding, but you won't get through to all Susan Check. No three! So ask yourself this. Is this how you want to live your life? Is this seriously what you want? Because you and me, pal, we're in a taxi cab to hell and the doors are locked, baby. As for everyone else, um, stay out of the mess hall. And stay alive! Hey dudes, it's another episode of Bunk 237. Ah! Horror Movie Podcast. The super humid summer camp that we invented so we could sweat in our shorts and our tank tops and talk about horror movies. I am a co-host of this place. My name is Tiet Wen. Tiet, is is it is it hot where you are? Oh, it's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Los Angeles, California, tell. and it is extremely hot. I can't I can think tell. about anything else. I'm gonna well, keep working a... it into the conversation. <laughs> it's a little less hot where I am in Connecticut. And this is this is me, the other host of Bunk Two Three Seven, Robin Zlotnick. And I'm so excited for our guest today. She's a recording artist from Nashville, Tennessee. It's Caitlin Rose. Thank Hi. you, Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. Us. Hi. Hi. Caitlin, I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited you're here. Oh, we jinx. Yes. We just did it at the same time. I know. I'm just I'd like to talk over people on accident. So <laughs> this is these are hard for me sometimes. That's why, that's why we have an editor. Shane. Yeah. This is Shane's job. Uh, a little behind the scenes note, me and Caitlin are friends and we have known each other for a while now. We met through touring, through music, etc. And then I think recently, I think during COVID, we discovered that we both really loved love FaceTiming and drinking. As <laughs> yes, we both exactly. love drinking on FaceTime uh, and horror movies. Yeah, so that's a good. It's a good mix. Honestly. Yes. Yeah, so, those two things go very well together. Yeah, a really natural sort of uh, rapport that came about. <laughs> well, love it. And Caitlin, you actually suggested this movie that we watch for today's episode. I very did. excited about it. To yet, do you want to introduce it? I do. I really, really do. Because you guys, we are freaking out. About 2018's Lose, a German supernatural mindbender that vaguely tells a story about a cab driver, a mysterious incident, a police interrogation, and an ancient demon looking for love, I think. Sounds about right. <laughs> I would also call it um, the ultimate toxic relationship, mm. which has sort of been my main fascination with it. it it's like a, I don't know, it's yeah. a parable. It's a parable for the times. It oh god, I love that interpretation. Like let's let's just let's get into that. Yeah, this is, seriously. Yeah. So the thing that I love about this movie and don't like about this movie is that not enough people have said anything about it. So I spent like the last two days being like, why is there not more uh not info, but so it's like it's a student thesis project. So 
this whole film was made with like $135,000 in Cologne, Germany. And it was sort of like a, like not a school project, but yeah, more than a school project. But like, I don't think they ever suspected this was going to be something they were, you know, really going to have like a life with. And it's just one of those cool, like DIY, not DIY, but like very low budget kind of uh, miracles, I would call it. It looks so good. I mean, it's I, it looks so good. The first note that I had for myself was just like, oh, this is a 100% my shit movie. Just <laughs> <Which is> like, <laughs> it's creepy yeah. and it's kooky. And it's like a horror movie that is just like super high, you know, <laughs> and like weird, like, like demon hallucinogens. And it's artsy and it's weird. And I'm like such a fan of stuff that's like weird like this, you know, stuff yeah. that like I don't understand anything that's happening the first time around, but I <laughs> fucking love it. I cannot get enough of this. Well, and I told you the first time around, I probably didn't know what was going on for the first 45 minutes of the movie. <laughs> right, <laughs> and it's only 70 minutes long. Exactly. So. But that's that's also something like I texted to you and I was like, uh, I really hope that you guys loved it. Like I just finished my second viewing and I'm going to cry. Like I, I love this movie so much and I don't, it just elicits so much from like me uh, emotionally and I, and I don't even understand it, but it, it is like kind of the perfect combination of everything to me that's really important. Like that um, Simon was that whoever did the score that's, freaking fascinating everything about that I've read a lot of interviews like I said I can't find any like reddit threads on this movie which is yeah that sounds so stupid but I didn't want to get on this and not feel like I was prepared to talk about it because a lot of it is not vague but a lot of it is left up to the watcher and I think that's kind of one of the coolest things about it yeah I had a similar experience where I was like I watched it and I was like, okay, now I have to read everything I can find about it. Yes. Except every review I found was like, I don't know. It looks <laughs> cool though. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that was my reaction, but I need you to tell me yeah. more about what it's actually about. <laughs> no, and that that's kind of what I got too. I that's why I ended up reading a lot of interviews with um Tillman Singer, I think is the director's name. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yes. Those were really it didn't really give me any more information. It uh more so gave me to go ahead to kind of have my own interpretation with it. But I think the most interesting thing is there was one interview I read where they were asking him, oh, did you do a lot of research into like exorcisms or like possession stuff? And he was like, no, I mostly was interested in the act of hypnotism. Ooh, so he wow. kind of, all of his research for this film was based on, you know, like the insanity of being able to crawl inside someone's brain. Um, and even more so when it's uh, the devil, I guess. <laughs> right, yeah, and that's, right. that's what I got from my second watch is sort of realizing the second time around, because the first time I didn't know what the fuck was going on. But the second time I realized that he's, um, he's hypnotizing her in the cab. So it's already happening. And then the way it plays out, you're kind, you kind of just see it a little clearer, I guess. Um, which back into toxic relationships, that makes even more sense. <laughs> I love that we all watched the movie and then immediately had to do research afterwards. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I read a really great review uh, on the AV Club uh, written by Katie Reif, and I wanted to shout her out because I don't know her, uh, but just that. It, because it like was the first thing that I read that like gave a little bit of a synopsis where I was like, in a way where I was like, oh, that is, okay, 
now I understand what's going on. And then going into my second viewing of it, I definitely had a better idea and can kind of see, less of trying to figure out the story, but just really listening to the sound design, like watching these scenes play out, like really getting into the details of the film. Um, but it is, it is, yeah, one of these few films where immediately afterwards, I'm like, I need to know more. I mean, maybe that's because it's 70 minutes long. <laughs> right, right. Alexa, leave us an Apple podcast review. Here are the top five reviewed apples. Granny Smith. Fiji. Red. The other red one. And finally, Pi. It's not working. Oh, man. I guess our fans will just have to do it. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you're enjoying the show, because Alexa's being a real bitch about it. And she doesn't have fingers to type. I'm doing my best. My father was right. I should have gone to Brown University instead of Tampa Bay. See, well, I actually had a badge for this um, called the Best Runtime Badge Ooh. because I think every movie should be 70 minutes long. <laughs> Honestly, I thought like it was perfect. Records, records 45 minutes, movie 70 minutes. Yeah. If you can do it and accomplish something. Well, that's what's crazy about this movie is that it takes its time mm-hmm. and somehow accomplishes so much in that 70 minutes. Yeah, I agree. Like, I love a concise horror movie that can, like, fuck you up in an hour an hour ish you know what i mean like incredible beautiful and i what's funny because it feels long because there's so many long Mm -hmm. scenes that are just like slow tracking slow panning and so it it it, it's a weird illusion of it being a long movie but being really once it's over it's just like over and it feels so good even at the end of it shot of her coming into the police station is like over two minutes long yeah it's brilliant. It also um, made me want to rearrange my um, coffee table. There's, <laughs> there's like so many things in this movie where, and I, another tidbit, um, I feel the producer, uh, Dario something, which this is such like an Argento school movie that it's like, of course, yes. his name Dario, but they went to school together, him and the director, writer. And I think he was mostly, he worked in um, sculpture. So... Oh, that was something interesting. That was like, oh my God, there's so many moments in this film where you feel like bodies are props. Like it's yes. exactly. Yeah. So it many is... frozen moments and it exactly. just gives you this calm that I. Mm. So yeah, I had a question for everyone and this was uh, like, so, I mean, obviously watching this, it's obviously such a pastiche homage to so many things. What references, ideas did you all see and pick up on like while you were watching it? I mean, like I never really dug into any Argento stuff until like the last two years. So this is, I'm a newbie to really knowing anything about horror other than just what I liked before. And I still have, I have trouble with those movies on occasion, but that's sort of what I pulled out the most, but it is like that kind of intellectual sleaze. If that means. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, it's like totally. weird Euro trash stuff. Like even down to that bar, like that place fucking exists because at some point I've been on tour in like Germany or like Belgium, and I've been in that weird fucking bar where no one's talking. No one's talking to each other. <laughs> There's like two people in there. There's like like awful lighting, like yeah. halogens, like beaming down. And I I know it exists. Um, and I think that's one more thing I loved about this movie is is the out of time. Like I love right. 
when obviously it's probably set like late 80s or whatever but it's it's more the mood than the than fact i guess totally i had uh i had a badge that was the 911 pager code badge because uh, <laughs> like right in the beginning they set it up with that little like pager the pager and, uh-huh. but what's really amazing about that is that it places the movie like somewhere in like the modern past you know what yeah. I mean? It's like not that far off, but it's definitely not like of this exact time. And I right. feel like that was a, a really kind of fun, subtle way to nod to kind of like what the whole movie is about, or at least like the tone of it being like in this like out of a, a place that feels out of time, but mm-hmm. familiar, if that makes sense. And like mm-hmm. with like that 16 millimeter, it's like you're there. It doesn't matter. Right. It probably wouldn't have mattered if the actual aesthetic of the film was different it is that film creates that thing like you feel like you're about to watch something fucked up on tv at four o'clock in the morning and you're like oh my god i'm so scared already and it's so beautiful what was cool is that like you know it was like pretty artsy pretty eccentric pretty weird but there was also you could see the craft in the movie you know what i mean you could see like uh the craft of the tracking shots of the sort of statuesque people of the sound design. I think the sound design yeah. like yeah. crushed my it's... soul in the best way. <laughs> no. Once you figure out what's happening with the with the taxi, the imaginary taxi, see, it was like that whole sequence, it did sort of feel like an an exercise in a film class, you know, from a film class or whatever, but like so and then I hate this word, and we've talked about how I hate this word, but so elevated. <laughs> I hate that word too, but I think this Y'all, is like a great time to use it. There are worse ways to use that word. Yes, <laughs> that absolutely. feels right. I, I was thinking like if this had been put out by like A24, how different this release would have been and how many how much more shit we could get. Yeah, I agree. Like, I want the soundtrack on vinyl. I want like right. a fucking keychain. <laughs> I want uh, a t-shirt. I want it all. Yeah. That hat, those... the chili hat. I want the hat. The, <gasps> yeah, that would that be she amazing. wears the whole time. Oh, I love oh, that my hat. God. I love her. Co- I love the costume. Okay, wait. So my first yeah. badge is coming in. Yes. So from the very opening scene, I already give it the Midnight Society badge because a the soundtrack so follows are you afraid of the dark theme song like it just feels it's not that it follows it it's that it just like I have that feeling of like something great is gonna happen right now (laughs) and then she walks in in that outfit and you're like you're about to tell me a story but she does she looks like she's about to sit down and like you know put her little hand up on her chin and be like this is the story. You're so it's right. Too fucked up for, it's too fucked up for kids' cable television, but this is the story. <laughs> Caitlin, you're so right. And this is why we're friends. This is why collectively the three of us are here right now is because we all watched Are You Afraid of the Dark when we were kids. Oh, Honestly, hell yeah. like if I can be a repeat guest, please. Maybe we should just start a separate Are You Afraid of the Dark <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, did watch the ga- I did watch the Ghastly Grinner last night and I have to say like, I don't know how our parent like, how did <laughs> we watch a, that stuff? Yeah, right? That one's really scary. Kaylin, I really want to get into this toxic relationship angle because I didn't totally think about that. I mean, I did sort of like understand how psychosexual this movie was, which I really mm-hmm. liked. And I really like this. And it did sort of seem like this demon was just sort of like, you know, I don't know, traveling through time for, mm-hmm. for lose. But it was also like, you're right. It was a terrible relationship between this 
ancient demon and this young woman. Well, and she continues to call him back. She called she called that demon into being. Like it's not it's not a um it's such an interesting horror story because it's not that she was this sort of pursued victim. It's sort of like this long on and off again toxic right. relationship. And by the end what's so interesting is you know that moment when the kiss finally happens and the twitching's going on and then the break happens and the break makes it look to me every time like he's died before he's made it in and there's this pure pain and she kind of continues to go and you think it's because she's trying to bring it back so she can bring it into her um and then you see that it actually has made connection it's docked and um you know the movie plays out with with that in your head but i don't know there there's a um especially kind of like the the elements where it kind of comes up in moments of trauma like when she's in the cab and she's experiencing this like anxiety because this person is personally attacking her and that's when she calls it back so i don't know it there's there's so many vague elements of like really um, clear kind of trauma reactions and things like that, which are more and more frequent in the horror films we watch. And as a woman, it's always really, really inspiring to me to see it done in a way that's not offensive. So yeah. I don't, somebody wrote, somebody wrote this film that as a, as an hour long panic attack, which I thought was a really interesting yeah. way of putting it. That is a good what's, way of putting it. What's so interesting about it too, is like, we're not, sh- her backstory is, fairly non-existent I mean like besides the the school stuff where you you realize that she's already you know had her experiences with you know she's already had these dark this dark connection at that time mm-hmm. like we don't know there's no like trauma event in her past that we that justify there's no rape or like you know something that like she's just kind of evil <laughs> yeah and you that's know? the thing is like is Luz like is she evil because like what I really latch on to especially in the relationship stuff was the was the sort of gender fuckery of it you know what I mean like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. sort of because this is like a super queer movie <laughs> you know like there's sort of very yeah. really like goes back and forth and especially like this demon as a as a non-binary, like, it's a demon. Or, it doesn't a have demon. a gender, right, right? Right. It's just, it's just this, it's just this fucking like fucked up entity. It's just an entity, yeah. right? You know. It is interesting that Luz, like, we don't know why she's evil. It's just always like, it's like the girl with all the gifts. It was like she was just picked as the one to be the conduit because she called this demon into or the she world. Invited, yeah, yeah, she, she invited this demon in. in the world because she was in love with a girl which is great yeah I would say one more thing on the on the subject of Luz's trauma because what I kind of garnered is that she was so lonely that she found this sort of like a young person is always the person who's going to get mixed up with the devil because like right it's like whatever I just want a friend you know (laughs) like you're not you're not really thinking about the outcome of this you're just like I'm so lonely like whoever will come to me right now just (laughs) I don't care I'm so lonely. I hate all of these fucking people. Caitlin, I want you to know that hurts my heart because I'm like, I think that's me. Because <laughs> I went from Catholic school to being like a super weird goth kid and as a high, as a high schooler. <laughs> I went, I, I rebelled so hard. And I think that's like, I think that's what we're saying about Luz, right? It's sort yeah. of like, she was like, 
you know, finding was, a way out of something that you feel so ostracized yeah, from by like um, getting into the was, devil. What was your incantation? Did you have an incantation? Was oh, it our father? I, who I loved that. Me I loved too. it so much. Every time they repeated it, it uh, cracked me up. It's so simple. There's so many things that are so simple in this film that you're like, oh my God, it just feels like it was probably not really easy to write, but sort of like these, so many things about it. I was just like, of course, like these are like plot points and plot movements that just, they, they, they tick all the boxes that you really want out of horror. I, I have a very weird comparison yes. to make. Yes. <laughs> um, because yes, I agree. Like all of these things were so purposeful and yet they were like hardly explained. And to me, this is similar to, hear me out, John Wick, <laughs> the Keanu Reeves action movie, which is such a fucking well-written, like very taut movie that does not explain the world. It just puts you in it and expects you to catch up. And this movie did the same thing. So is that on my list now? Because I've never watched John Wick. I've only seen John Wick 2 and it was I'm a big sequels person. And that was one of the first movies we talked about was Omen 2. So I know that we haven't gotten to it this time, but. Next time. Do Omen and then I'll jump in for Omen 2. And you guys will be like, why the fuck did she make me do this? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was so in love with this movie because the sort of like demonic possession stuff and the sort of Catholic girl stuff, I was just like, oh my God, that's my life. I mean, not... That's my shit. That's my shit. Yeah, I shouldn't say I that's my love... life because I've never been like possessed. That's Possession you know, horror. Yeah, yeah. So it's you say. So good. Yeah. yeah right. But Robin, you also love possession horror, don't you? I do. I was wondering. I really Ooh, okay. Okay. So would you say that this is a reverse exorcism film? Like you're not seeing the outcome of a possession you're seeing like someone being prepped for it which i feel like we don't get very often we always end up like in the bedroom and like the pea soup and the wow ah, fuck your mother and stuff like that but you never get like this story behind it it's like backstory to possession film which i just i don't know that is such a good observation and i did not think about That's that at all with. i think too with this movie is that the person who is possessed is not just like an unsuspecting victim. Yeah, just no, not. She fucking knows what she did. Yeah, yeah, and and that adds like this super crazy layer of like just depth and 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 makes it so different. Yeah, it also really ticks on that. So that line, and and I I feel like kind of an idiot because every time she says the line, like, "Is this really what you want with your life?" I'm still trying to figure out who's saying that, which. Yeah. I don't yes. know if that's just because I'm still missing the point. Um, or if... No, that's hard. Like, there are so many options. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I didn't but want to say it, the wrong thing. To me, it, like, landed. I don't know if it landed anywhere, but I thought that it was the demon speaking to lose. Or three. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what I thought, too. That makes the most sense. Because what I realized, and this is what I realized that the devil does in this movie, is the, the repetition of things and the cyclical nature of things because everything is mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. back around um, because they kept saying the same things over and over again. And that line of like, so what do you want to do? Is this is how you're going to live? They kept reliving these things. They kept re-saying these things. And I think that that is, I think that's an influence of the devil. So in any, in any toxic relationship, the question is, 
clearly there is, you know, it takes two to tango for the most part, but do you think that the demon was actually in love with Luz or is it like most toxic relationships where it's just the need and the want and the desire to have something? And is that the same side as, is Luz on the same side of that? Like, that's kind of my, my brain's always like trying to figure out like, what is the relationship dynamic of these yeah. not people like they're because he's not a person or she's not a person it's like the demon felt like like Luz was a toy almost and could manipulate her and, and have fun with her yeah and she was sort of also a willing participant which was like interest like interesting for them and like I don't know that's where my brain went that's well and the demon wants to continue so it, yeah. right. it's weird like when when the demon finally walks out and lose and you're like, is that the end? Like, are you good? Like, or are you still hopping? Like, right. Are you satisfied? Cause it, cause it didn't feel like, satisfied? it didn't feel like the demon was necessary. Like, uh, yes, he was trying to get back into lose, into lose, but wasn't like, wasn't worried about it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and I right. think that's because Luz was a medium. My girlfriend has a gift. Right. My, you know, right. she has a gift and that is that she is receptive and open to these things yeah. or else he, they never, they, I feel right. like that's what, that's the pronoun for the demon. For the, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, so yeah. interesting because they jump back and forth, but I think the demon is a they. And absolutely. That yeah, demon yeah. is like, shit, like I'll take any ride I can get, man. Right. I, maybe I'm just a romantic, but I did think that the demon had like a thing for Luz, like in a very like in a very like yeah. real mm. weird pure way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, because I think that like Luz had more power. I think that like her being sort of a conduit to sort of bring this demon into other people, and the and the fact that like the this sort of entity had been uh, sort of like floating around in the world looking for her, and then when it finally found her again, mm-hmm. it sort of created like this is limbo. This movie mm-hmm. exists in a limbo where time and like linear time like does not exist. And they're going in these weird circles of this like other, like another dimension. Do you know what I mean? And as unrealistic as this movie is, I do want to shout out the uh, most grounded character in the movie. I have a badge. Uh, is it the interpreter? Translate this badge yes! for the interpreter. Yes! Y'all. <laughs> What a guy. My don't favorite feel note. Bad? My favorite note that I took is that I read about their casting of that guy. And they were like, or Tillman was basically saying, oh, my God, he was so good. I almost felt bad that we cast him in this sort of secondary <laughs> role. But that role is so important. So important. Because he's us. He is um, us. But he also said something about there is a German word for... Um, being tired of life the germans have a word for everything yeah they really understand life do you know what i mean they really understand (laughs) like living and the feelings of living yes so they basically cast him because of he had this liebenschmud which is tired of life uh which i really wish we had a word for that um, I love it. But we I, have three and they work fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say I'm tired of life all the time. I was thinking about it earlier. I'm like, wow, I'm really tired of life. <laughs> but he's perfect. He's Liebenschmude. He's so good. He's perfect. He's funny. Like He is funny. It's <laughs> like a weird like comic relief thing going on. Oh, God, I love it. I wanted to give him a badge, which is the tough day at work badge. Because... <laughs> 
Like he's just really. I think it's also last day at work badge. Oh yeah, right. And he's just like trying to do his job, and then somehow got caught up in all this like demon possession, weird multiple try like multiple love like triangles overlapping each other. And he is clearly a God fearing man. Yes, the fact that he won't even repeat. What right. Lisa's saying is amazing. See, he's she's the, like, I can't. Right. He's the I know smart this character. Shit. He is a he's smart the one who's character. watched a fucking possession movie. He's like, I've right. yes. enough horror movies he to know what's happening. Yeah. I'm not repeating this. He's also the one at the end screaming to shoot her. And it's yeah. like, yeah, last day at work because, like, where do you go from? He's hiding in this little booth. Where does he go? Does he and go right home? back into and sound hope- design. That is one of the most classic endings i've ever seen because it is so good penetrating because it's almost you know like any um any movie where there's uh you know like ghosts on like a tape reel or like anything like that just the audio of that like right yeah and you don't know why it's there it's just so much yeah and i i also loved i love the role of the interpreter and i loved i loved how much they used the audio of overlaying all the different languages and sort of like you know Mm -hmm. like because that created this whole other so that took me out of my brain in this way. That was like wild. when she would yeah. say something and then he would interpret it. I did have a badge for the sort of different languages that were going on, which was I will say it's an an aspirational badge, which is the two years of foreign language badge to me from this movie for making me feel really bad that I don't know more languages. Like I feel really <laughs> bad that I don't know Spanish. And I always wanted to learn Spanish, but like I I really wish I knew more languages. And it's like, it's such a, and it's a very European thing. I have a very, I have a, uh, I have a friend who is Italian. He lives in Berlin. He speaks Italian. He speaks Spanish. He speaks like German, just well enough to live in Berlin. You know what I mean? And, and English. And it like hanging out with him makes me feel bad about myself. (laughs) It's, it's like, we're culturally disappointing people. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Americans in general, we're just we're disappointing. But we also didn't have Euro passes growing up, so yeah, that's right. Okay, but neither does like England now, so yeah, we have, like, the same level. Yeah, yeah. right. The Brits. One of my favorite uh, exchanges of dialogue, and I, 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 the badge I had for that was like, oh, so you're saying you're old badge? Some of the dialogue is like pretty funny and weird. The incantation's pretty funny. Is there a chorus? <laughs> Savage for a songwriter, especially like that is something I have asked people I know. I felt like such a bitch watching that girl say that. It, I've never felt worse in my especially life. Especially because Luz is trying to like, I, I think, sing like kind of a romantic, sweet song. Yeah, right. And to be, is there a chorus? <laughs> uh, my favorite exchange of dialogue. It's the second appearance of the demon when they're in the police interrogation. Uh, banquet hall and uh, <laughs> he possesses the uh, the lady cop mm-hmm. and uh, and then he starts speaking Spanish and then she says to him since when did you speak Spanish and he replies since it was invented which is so <laughs> oh, fucking shit. smart yeah. I missed that one this time because the way that that just immediately says like oh this is an ancient entity that has been yeah. here forever yeah. And has always existed. They fucking know everything. They know like, everything. <laughs> right. Imagine a demon on fucking Jeopardy. Like it's you're not gonna win. <laughs> right. You're not gonna win. I think that's what made the doctor's performance so incredible. Like he was, 
he was a cocky demon. Yes, yeah. he was. Like, kind like, yes, like of James like, Spader vibes, too. Like, yeah. I got a little James Spader. Like, this, like, like, swagger and, like, fuck you, kind of, like, I'm the shit kind of yeah. thing going on. It was great. When he starts, like, tearing off the clothes and... Yes. I'm like, oh, I love this for you. Totally. Like really, <laughs> yeah. He's so arrogant. Like, no shame. Totally. No shame. And he's doing it like Look while up. making eye contact with the interpreter, stuck in the sound booth. And he uses that pen to like uh, shoving the shoving pen, the up, the his pen up his nose to like make his nose bleed and then like uh, using it as hair gel. That made me cringe harder than like I think the sound any of the it saw the movies sound. or anything yeah. in my life it was and that attempt that's that's their attempt I guess to recreate the last entity or to recreate uh, Marguerite mm. oh, so that's why it's, yeah okay it's weird and that's what I loved is um, when they're t- when they're telling someone the last time I saw her I was in less than an ideal form okay the thing with I think I think it was Marguerite. Margarita, the, the is it Margarita or Marguerite? I think, it's I, think Margarita. I think it's Margarita. So the thing is that Luz convinced her that she was pregnant, and then she killed herself. Well, no, I, I thought. That, oh yes, no, yeah, wait, that's true. Oh wait, is that what that was? Because I thought that it was that she thought she was pregnant, and then Luz was gonna help her have an abortion. I thought that's what that was. Oh, there. Oh yeah, and then she mentioned. died because she got possessed, and then they left and she died right. okay that's i oh okay. i thought that that okay. was like a weird catholic school girl abortion thing because also as you know and you know okay being catholic, i think you're that's right very shameful to you know be pregnant right, right, right. Knock. and i guess if you if you grow up in a catholic school and someone says oh you know she passed away or committed suicide they're usually going to be like yeah she like had an illegal abortion and she died yeah so yeah, yeah. i just realized what's that so that was my girlfriend has a special gift. When she says it smells like fish, people smell fish. When she tells her she's, oh, pregnant, she's pregnant, she's pregnant. She becomes so pregnant. she's always had, that's what it is. Oh my God, I'm still learning. <laughs> Wait, what do you <laughs> mean? That's what it is. No, that's so she, true. The power of persuasion. She is She is uh, almost an equal to this demon because. <gasps> right, because the devil made me do she it. She's also capable of, yeah, it's. Yeah, I did have one more badge, which was missed opportunity advertisement badge because the entire opening scene would have made a really great 90s Coke commercial. <laughs> I have one more badge. That's It's it's a silly badge. It's the smoke machine budget badge because <laughs> they probably blew half their budget on the smoke machine. But it was like it worked, you know, it just added so much. And it didn't look like smoke machine smoke. It looked like demon hellscape smoke. Yes, I agree. For being such a low-budget film with such limited sets and cast, it looked so good. Can we give it the, the team effort badge as well? Absolutely. Because I we feel can. like yes, that I school love that. coming together is really cool. That, that is that really so is heartwarming. That warm my heart the most. It's like 150 kids working on one person's thesis. That's like, maybe that's why I keep crying at the end of it. It just feels beautiful. Actually, the more that we talk about it, I'm like, oh, it is. <laughs> that's like a, a strange reaction to have to this movie that we're all like, oh. 
because it's also genuinely scary and creepy. What I really love about this current conversation is, especially in pertaining to Luz, is how much we've talked about it and how much we've talked about how much we love it and why we love it and why we don't understand it without really telling anyone what this movie is about. Or describing (laughs) a lot of details of the movie. That's what you're supposed to put at the beginning. No. Just so you guys. The thing is, like, you just have to watch it. You just have to watch it. It's 70 minutes long. You don't need to know what it's about going in. Just watch it. You have an hour and 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. It's like everyone listening, just watch this movie. You're either going to. Like, not understand it and hate it, or are you going to not understand it and think and fucking love it? Last question for you, Caitlin. Where can we find you on the internet if we want to find you on the internet? Oh, patreon.com. I think it's the real Caitlin Rose because there's a... Um, there's a fake Caitlin Rose out there? No, there's like <laughs> there's like a thousand of them. <laughs> a thousand so super fake Caitlin, Rose, Caitlin Roses. Uh, it became one of the most popular first name, middle name combos sometime in the early 90s when Gen Z's was popping up. And so now if you search Caitlin Rose on Twitter, you get kind of a lot of girls talking about, um, you know, uh, uh, what they saw on Siesta Key last night or something. But... <laughs> It, it is intense. So it's sort of a, a tongue in cheek, the real Caitlin Rose. I really, I don't feel like I'm the only Caitlin Rose in the world because I'm not. But yeah, that's where you can find me. It's fun. Tell us what projects you have going on. What's new in your life? Uh, well, I put out um, a couple of records last few years and now I'm uh, after a while working on a new one and that just finished mixing and it was a COVID record, so we tracked it last year in March and then finished it oh, last, man. last month. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting process, but that's hopefully coming out early 2022. Um, but there's also going to be a re-release of the first record I did, Onside Now, um, for a 10-year anniversary, which is really fun. Caitlin, and that's, that's awesome. Cool. That's yeah. excellent. They're, they're going to do things for it. It's so exciting. Um that's like very things cool. they, like you know when people do like all the cool stuff like here's colored vinyl and here's like a sticker and all those special little things that I never got before so I'm really excited oh fun yeah. that's awesome my last question for everyone is will you guys do the incantation with me did you write yes. it down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I and this is very you have to text this is, no 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 I'll say it this is a super catholic like call and response thing like uh if you've ever been to mass uh call oh, and God. response okay okay spooky. you guys ready our father, why art thou such a dick? Our father, Our father why, why art, art thou, thou such a dick? dick? You see a girl and reveal your true self. You see, you see a, a girl, girl and reveal, reveal your, true your true self. self. Thy kingdom stinks. Thy, Thy kingdom, kingdom stinks. stinks. Thy will be done in the crotch of an old grandpa. Thy will be done in the crotch of an, of an old, old grandpa. grandpa. Let us today go fuck the son of Mary. Let, Let us, us today go, go fuck the son of Mary. Mary. Amen. 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 Caitlin. Amen. What, did we, what did we just I don't do? know. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Hopefully we'll be back next time. I don't know. <laughs>Bunk 237, a horror movie podcast. Sars Tietwen and Robin Zlotnick as the final girls of Bunk 237. And introducing Alex Skoke as camp director Susan Check. The show is produced by me, Shane Segretti. Our theme song is written and performed by Dan Zlotnick. 
And our outro music is written and performed by Axe Slasher. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and it may be featured on an upcoming episode. Have a badge of your own for this movie? Follow us on Instagram at Bunk237Pod and Twitter at Bunk237, and let us know. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are downloaded.